0: Okay, so tonight, what we're gonna be talking about? Have you ever, uh, have you ever bought furniture from like IKEA or yes. Wayfair? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My mm-hmm. parents have bought like a bookshelf or from, like a desk or yes. a dresser or something. Yes. Uh, what's the worst thing about IKEA and Wayfair? Yeah. Uh, you have to build it by yourself. Like, they, they they ship it to your house. Like, I got this picture. Like I have a screw left and I don't know where it goes, but I'm afraid to ask because I have to. I, Every single piece of furniture we've ever bought from IKEA or Wafer, I've had to take it apart and I rebuild it three different times. Why? Because I'll have a screw left, or they don't label the side of the dresser right, and so like I put the front on the back or the back on the front. Never fail. Every time I always mess it up. But yeah, no, they give you this box with a million pieces of wood, and they expect you to know how to build it all yourself. Megan I'm done about
1: you gonna buy a regular dresser, right? And you know what the worst part? You know the
0: worst part of IR Wayfair is? It's not that you have to build it yourself. It's that they give you these dinky little screwdrivers or allen wrenches or tools that are like no bigger than my index finger, and you have to build an entire dresser with that. Like they don't even give you a hammer but they give you nails. Like it's, what am I supposed to do with that, right? This is the most frustrating things to work with, but the worst part about it is you have to have them, right? You have to use those tools, because those tools were made for that furniture. Those tools were made for the job that you were going to have to do. Those wrenches and those tiny little screwdrivers that are literally no bigger than my finger, and like, you have to like, do this with them. Like, you can't even like really get into it. You just have to like hope that the screw actually turns, right? But you have to use those because the furniture was made to be used with those those screwdrivers, with those wrenches. They're crucial to actually putting together the furniture. So you have to use the tools to build your furniture, to finish the project. They are the right tool for the project. So now with this in mind, with Chris Pratt and his tiny little Allen wrenches and blood over screws, I want y'all to have that picture in your mind, and I want you to think about your relationship to Jesus. All right? Jesus wants each and every single one of us to be his tool for sharing the gospel, right? He needs each of us and gives each of us this big mission to go out and share his love and his message of hope and salvation with everybody that we meet. And just like all the, the little wrenches in the last picture, and just like you have to build this Ikea furniture, Jesus has purposed you as his tool to go out and finish the project that he has put in each and every single one of our lives. Uh, And just like it's frustrating to usually work with those tiny little tools, right? It can be frustrating to work with us and depend on us, but that doesn't change anything. It doesn't matter if we're too small or if we don't feel like we're good enough or if it were difficult to work with. God still chooses to use us because we are his chosen tools to go out and share his love with everybody that we come into contact with. So tonight, last week we talked about... That God wants a relationship with every single person on this earth. He wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with me and everybody else on this earth. Tonight, what we're going to talk about uh, is that he wants you, Jesus wants you to go out and share the gospel with others. That's the whole lesson in a nutshell. That one sentence, Jesus wants you to share the gospel with others. Y'all got a cool, fancy notebook and a pen but write it down. Jesus wants you to share the gospel with others. After you write that down, flip over. I know I see a lot of y'all have your Bibles or you have your smartphones. Pull them out. Open the Bible app or download the Bible app real quick. Uh, And y'all grab your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 9. I'll give y'all a second to write that down. Jesus wants you to share the gospel with others. Last week, God wants a relationship with everyone. This week, Jesus wants you to help people start that relationship. So after you write that down, grab your Bibles. It will also be on the screen. But turn over uh, to Matthew chapter 9. Uh, we're going to be starting off in verse uh, 35 through 38. Uh, we're going to be looking at a passage that Jesus is actually uh, the one talking in this passage. So starting off, verse 35, it says, uh, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. All right, so Matthew 9, starting off in verse 35. Uh, The first thing that I see here tonight is that Jesus has compassion for everyone. This is something that we talked about Uh, Many times over the last few months of talking about the life of Jesus and how he interacts with people, how he loves on people, uh, is that Jesus literally has compassion for every single person that he meets. Uh, In this passage tonight, we've spent a lot of time in Matthew over the last couple months uh, walking through the life of Jesus. But uh, in this passage tonight... Uh, he's walking around the different towns, he's preaching, and he's teaching, and he's going around, and he's healing the sick people that need uh, healing in their lives, and he keeps seeing bigger and bigger crowds come to him because his popularity is starting to grow. They're seeing how awesome Jesus is and the, the miracles that he can do, so he keeps seeing bigger and bigger crowds come to him looking for help. Uh, and in Matthew 9, uh, in our passage tonight, uh, as with most of the stories about Jesus interacting with people, uh, what does it say he does? It says Jesus took he saw all these people coming to him for help. He saw all of them coming with needs that they needed, uh, needs that they needed met. That's the right way to say that. These are sick people that needed healing. These were broken people that needed to be put back together. The um, the the passage actually calls them uh, sheep without a shepherd, and he could have easily dismissed all of the crowds that came to him. Right? I know the disciples in a lot of stories they try to get Jesus to dismiss people and time again. They're like, Jesus, send everybody home. Let them find their own food. Send them home. These these little children are annoying. Send them home. We don't want to deal with them. The disciples over and over try to get Jesus to do that, but Jesus never would. Jesus always had compassion. He always met the needs of the people that came to him and asked for help. Uh, And again, Matthew 9, in in our passage tonight, he uh, he calls the people harassed and helpless. Again, he calls them sheep without a shepherd. That's why Jesus is here, right? Harassed, helpless, people without a shepherd. He came to this earth to give peace to the people who were harassed. He came to give help to the helpless people who needed him. He came to lead his sheep to safety. He came to lead his children. His his most beautiful prized possession we talked about last week that God would say, uh, when you put your trust in him, that God calls you his most prized possession, his most beautiful creation. He came so that y'all would have a shepherd, so that I would have a shepherd and lead me to life. And the cool thing is, is he wants us to be a part of that story of leading others to him. He's given us life and he wants us to be a part of, uh, of sharing that with other people. And I think it's really important uh, to note in the passage that, uh, it says that Jesus had compassion on them. Just as the word them, right? Jesus has compassion on them. You know, it doesn't say uh, that he had compassion on a select few. It doesn't say that he had compassion just for his disciples, his closest buddies, the, the guys that he spent all his time with. It doesn't even say that he only had compassion on the people that looked just like him. No, it just says he had compassion on them. Y'all, Jesus doesn't discriminate, any in the part of the Bible doesn't discriminate on the people he loves. He loves every single person that he comes into contact with. He shares with every single person that he comes into contact with. He heals every single person that comes to him looking for healing. Y'all see a pattern here. Every single person that comes to him, Jesus opens his arms to ultimately this is the example that he sets for us that we need when we go out and we share the gospel we need to share the gospel with every single person that we meet through our words and through our actions and through the way that we love the people and our friends and our family around us God, God, Jesus tells us uh, a little later in Matthew 28 he says go and make disciples of all nations, of all peoples, of all tongues of all races, of all belief systems, of all religions, go and make disciples out of every single one of them because every single one of them needs the same love and hope that Jesus offers. Every single one of us need Jesus in our lives. So the second thing I see in in this passage tonight in Matthew 9, uh, so the first thing was that uh, Jesus had compassion on them, everyone. Uh, The second thing I see is is Jesus' own words. He says, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is plentiful. What does that mean? What does that mean the harvest is plentiful? Is he trying to tell you to go pick a bunch of cans of corn out in the field? No. No. That's, that's where corn comes from, right? Like you just pick a can off the stock. Is that what? That's what my mom told me. So I'm just, I'm banking on that. That's not, that's not where corn comes from. You pick a can off like there's cream style stocks and there's regular style stocks. And there's cornbread stocks. You get a bag, bag of cornmeal. No, that's not what Jesus is talking about. I'm just kidding. But that's what my mom told me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, that's not what he's talking about. What he's talking about, the harvest is plentiful. He's talking about his children. He's talking about the people that you and I run into every single day. When he says the harvest is plentiful, what he's talking about is that there are countless opportunities right in your face, right in front of you. Every single day to share the love of Jesus through your actions, through your words, through the way that you treat other people in your life. There are countless opportunities for you to share the love of Jesus every single day. Uh, and So we're going to do something. I want to I take just a moment. and I want you to think about the people that you know in your life. I want you to think about your friends for a second. The people that you hang out with at school or hang out with outside of school. I want you to think about your family. For a minute, your immediate family, your extended family, your cousins, the people that you call family that aren't really your family, but you love them like family. I want you to think about the people that you see regularly—the dude slinging nuggets at Chick-fil-A that we talked about last week, the people at the mall that you see, the people in school that you're not friends with but you see them on a regular day, uh, regular basis. How many of them don't know Jesus? How many of them need to hear that Jesus loves them? Yo, this is a convicting question. When's the last time tried, somebody tried to share Jesus with you? I don't remember the last time somebody tried to share Jesus with me. I like to think that it's because I'm like showing Jesus to other people, but I can't tell you the last time somebody came up to me and said, hey, do you know Jesus? Bro, that's super convicting. Like, I can't remember the last time somebody tried to share with me about Jesus? When's the last time somebody tried to share with you about Jesus? How many of those people that you are thinking about in your head, your family, your friends, the people that you see every day, uh, how many of them need hope? How many of them do you see hurting at school or at home? How many of them do you love as a friend, as family? How many of them do you love? I want you to think of the names of one or two people out of all those people that you're kind of picturing in your head I want you to think of one or two people that you can share the gospel with that you can share Jesus with and I want you to do this for me, I want everybody to close your eyes everybody close your eyes, nobody looking around I want you to think of one or two people in your life that you know do not know Jesus everybody close your eyes think of one or two people that you know that do not know Jesus I want you to picture their face I want you to see their name written in your mind right now Who are those people? Go ahead, keep your eyes closed. Think about that person. Picture their face. That person that's in your mind right now, those people, those family members, those friends that are in your mind that you're picturing right now, that person is the harvest. That person right there is exactly who Jesus is talking about when he says that the harvest is plentiful. Those are the people in our world that need to hear you tell them about Jesus. And every single one of you is called and purposed by Jesus to go and share Jesus with the people that you are picturing in your mind right now. They're all open your eyes. Look back up here. Those people are the harvest. The harvest that God has put in your life to go out and fulfill the mission that he calls every single Christian to fulfill. Those people that you're picturing in your mind, do not forget them. You can write their name down in your notebook real fast. Don't forget them. We're going to talk more about that in small groups here in a minute. Don't forget them. Those are the harvest in your life, the people that need to see Jesus. Uh, So the last thing I see in the passage uh, before we uh, go into groups, uh, again, is in Jesus' own words. He says, the workers are. The workers are few. So Jesus has compassion on everyone, and the harvest is plentiful. There's plenty of opportunities out there for you to share the gospel of Jesus. But the workers are few. You know, something that you need to know, and, and something that we all really need to be purposed with, uh, is that Christianity today is not the majority. You know, this is something I think that I've gotten super comfortable with and and Honestly, I've been super convicted uh, in, in writing this uh, message for you all tonight. I was talking to another one of the pastors um, this week about it. That I think I've gotten too comfortable in my own life, thinking that Christianity was the majority, right? The feeling and the sense that you know, like Christian ideals, especially in our country, that Christian ideals and Christian beliefs, man, they're the majority. That most of the people in our country probably think the same things I do. They probably have the same morals, the same beliefs that I do. They probably think the same things. But again, I've been so convicted, especially in the last few months. That's not the case, y'all. Christianity is not the majority in our country, and it's definitely not the majority in our world. The harvest is plentiful. Y'all, Christian morals aren't mainstream media. They aren't mainstream TV. If they ever were, they definitely aren't now. Christianity is not the majority. What you and I believe are not trending topics in our world at all. And so when Jesus tells us in this passage that the workers are few, what he's saying is that there aren't a vast majority of people, there's not a lot of people around the world that are sharing his message and his love. That's not to say there aren't people out there sharing his message and love. You come to church and you hear people share his message and love every day. You see our missions updates and you see what people are doing around the world. there's not a majority of our world out sharing the message of hope and the message of salvation that Jesus offered. And that is why it's important for you and me to go out into our world and share Jesus. Y'all, he has called every single one of you, he has purposed every single one of you to do exactly that. And what he's saying by saying the workers aren't few, he's saying there's not a lot of tools in the tool shed to go out in this world. There's not a lot of wrenches and screwdrivers to go out and share the message of Jesus To finish the project that needs to be done That the world sees the hope That we have in Jesus And so it's time for us To step up and get out of the toolbox And get to work It's time for us to find the screw That we're supposed to put in place In Jesus' kingdom And go out there and work on that screw Go out there and work on that friend Work on that family member Work on that person that you just pictured in your mind And share the message and the hope of Jesus There aren't a lot of workers out there to to pull in the harvest. So we have to get to work, and we have to pray. Jesus tells us, pray, therefore, to send out more workers. Pray to God, ask him for more workers to share in the mission and the calling that he has placed in your life. Go out there and make some more. Tell people about Jesus. Bring them into that relationship that God wants them to be in, and then y'all stand arm in arm, side by side, and y'all go out together into the harvest field, and you share with the people that are in your life. Now, last week we talked that God wants a relationship with everybody, and this week we're talking about that Jesus wants you to help people start that relationship. And man, I hope you are starting to see and beginning to understand the importance of you being able to share the gospel. The importance of you knowing how to share what Jesus has done in your life with the people that are in your life. And I hope you're starting to realize that it's not okay for you and me to sit on the chair or in the pew or on the sidewalk or on the bench and not get in the game anymore. It's not okay for us to just sit and do nothing about this. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. So we got to get up and do something about it. We have to know how to share the gospel. That's what God wants us to do. That's what Jesus wants us to do, is to go out and share Jesus with everyone we meet. It's time to get up. It's time to get in the game. Because again, when's the last time somebody shared the gospel with you? When's the last time somebody asked you if you knew Jesus? If we don't get up and we don't share the gospel, if we don't get up and we don't share Jesus with people, with our friends, and with our families, who's going to do it? This is our job. This is our responsibility. And even better, this is our joy. This is our exciting thing to get to do, is to go out and share the hope that we have in Jesus. Nobody else is going to do it. As Christians, we have to.